Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success. Welcome to the Faith-Based Business Podcast with your host, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. On this podcast, we interview fellow entrepreneurs who are willing to share their stories, their trials, and their triumphs in business, all in an effort to help you avoid the same obstacles and to achieve success faster. But at all times, continue to rely on our faith to see us through to victory. Now with today's guest, here is your host, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Imagine this. Your family has a lineage of football greatness. And as a young 12-year-old boy, you know this is in your blood too. Your family, your coach, everyone is telling you to never give up on your dreams. And very often we allow things to hold us back. We get angry things didn't turn out the way we pictured or planned. We end up accepting these limiting beliefs as the truth of who we are. But in reality, it's not the setbacks that define us. It's how we respond to the setbacks. It's how we decide how to respond. That's what truly determines the outcome. The Bible says in Proverbs 24 that a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. I like to say it this way. If you fall seven times, then get up eight. Praise God. Our guest today knows all too well how your attitude will determine your altitude. At the age of 12, Anthony Rosano followed the script for many young boys. He wanted to play football. It was in his family DNA, amen? But on the evening of October 31st, 1987, as he was preparing to play in a very important Pop Warner football game under the lights at the historic Taggart Stadium, things changed in one instant of time. With the flick of one match in his family's garage, 
a catastrophic incident forced Anthony out the side door engulfed in a ball of flames. Neighbors acted quickly to extinguish the fire and some of paramedics who rushed into a nearby hospital. He was in such a condition, they had to airlift him by helicopter to one of the top burn trauma centers in the country, the West Penn Burn Unit in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. While the medical staff worked to save his life, the doctors explained the seriousness of the situation to the family. His family was told to make funeral arrangements. The doctors said they would do everything in their power to save his life, but they didn't give any hope for him to survive even the night, 0%. They said he probably would not make it. But God, everything but God, he had a different plan. Amen. After battling multiple bouts of sepsis and receiving over 134 blood transfusions and being given the last rites three times, he survived. Anthony was released from the hospital on January 14, 1988. And when he walked out of Penn, West Penn, he didn't walk alone. His family is by his side. The halls were lined with patients, medical staff, and members of the media applauding that he had beat the odds. But surviving just wasn't the end of the journey. He now had to face the painful recovery process, intense physical therapy, and every other obstacle you could think of to live a meaningful life. Folks, define the odds. He continued on his studies. He continued to fight back. He continued to resume playing football for the Newcastle Red Hurricanes. He was a two-year letterman on the varsity team and starting outside linebacker his senior year. He knows his survival was a blessing from God. He believes he was blessed with this recovery for the purpose of inspiring others, perhaps you listening to us right now, to keep fighting. Anthony is now a certified public accountant. He's also an NFL agent, so he's still involved with the football uh, profession. Amen. And he's just released an absolutely fabulous book, titled Against All Odds, A Story of Faith, Courage, and Perseverance. Help me welcome to the program, Anthony Rosano. Anthony, it is a blessing to have you join us today, brother. I appreciate your time. Wow, that was just uh, such an amazing uh, introduction. I mean, I, I I need to pay for that. That was that, that was something else, Pastor. That was uh, that was amazing. Thank you so much. And it's it's just an honor to be here with you. It's an honor to be alive. Amen. It's an honor to share my story. And it's an honor to hopefully uh, inspire some other people who might be faced with uh, yeah. some adversity and trials in their life that that they understand no matter how dark today is, uh, the sun is going to rise. Yeah, amen, amen. That is so true. Every day is a new day as far as God's concerned. Amen, amen. Now, the first question, though, I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Anthony Rizan? Well, that's a great question, and um, and I'll tell you exactly who I am. Number one, I'm a father and a husband. Uh, number, but but number one, I'm a son of God. Um, I struggle. Uh, I've I've lived a beautiful life, um, but I continue to be a sinner, and I knew that I need God to hold my hand every single day, in order for me to be a good person and to uh, and to be a better man with every step of the way. Yeah. Um, the journey, uh, with a, a faith is, is a journey of my life. And, and the truth of the matter is that I believe that the journey of faith means that you continually fall. 
And the beauty of our relationship with God and our relationship with Jesus Christ is no matter how many times we fall, he continues to lift us up. As long as we repent, he continues to bless our lives. And if we're trying to be a better person, he understands. That's why he came in the flesh so he can understand our weaknesses. And it's okay. A lot of times people in our lives will feel regret for their falling. A lot of times people in their lives will feel um, sadness for their failings. But the truth of the matter is that is in our humanity. And, and I'm just a human being who is trying to do a little bit better every single day. And, uh, and it's, it's a real blessing in my life to be a dad, to be a husband, uh, to be a friend, to be a son, uh, to be a brother. And, uh, and I'm just trying to witness God and, uh, and, and do the best I can every day. Amen. Amen. That's good. Well, take us back to that day in the garage. What was happening? And what do you remember? Well, you know, life is so funny because, you know, that day in the garage was, it was, uh, it was something that I never expected. You know, sometimes you make a decision in your life and a decision can be life changing in one second. And that day, my friends and I, or my buddy and I were walking through the woods and uh, to go to my, from his house to my own. And these boys were sitting on a quad motorbike and they were sniffing gasoline out of the, uh, out of the, out of the, uh, the quad motorbike. Mm. And I'll never forget it because just a week before we saw these same kids doing the same thing and said, I'll never do that. But something happened. Uh, they invited us to come along and we, we decided to, to sniff gas with them. Uh, we had left, we went to my mom's house then afterward and my buddy and I just went into my garage and that's what we did. You know, that it wasn't like that was, I was 12, you know, it was just, yeah. I was a little boy, uh, made a decision to do something I shouldn't have. Um, my buddy flicked the match, uh, my clothes caught on fire. And, um, uh, and the next thing I knew I was, I was a ball of flames. Um, what was, I know, what, why did he flip the match? What was you know, I, I'm not real sure. I, I don't think that he ever would have understood uh, the gravity of what would have happened in that situation. Um, but, you know, the beautiful thing is, though, uh, just uh, in 2017, I haven't run into that 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 guy in a long, long time. Uh, but in 2017, I went to the swimming pool, okay, with my wife and kids. Well, it was a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon. And I decided and it was a first Saturday. So in our faith, in the, in the Catholic faith, first Saturdays are a big deal. Okay. Uh, for certain people when you practice the faith. So I decided to drop my kids off and my wife off at the pool. And I went over to the church, uh, a church that I didn't even belong to because I, they were having a mass. And I just said, you know, it was a St. Joseph church. And I decided to go to mass and, and I was praying uh, suffering a little bit of anxiety at the time, you know, just trying to work it out. And, um, and when I went back to the pool, I sat down on a chair and I laid my head back and who was sitting next to me? It was the boy who set me on fire. Oh, wow. Okay. And, you know, and we sat there and I looked at him and I just told him I loved him. 
and he told me he loved me. And, uh, and we spent the whole day together. We hugged at the end of the day, kissed him on the cheek. He kissed me on the cheek. And it was just a wonderful moment of healing. And, you know, so I've realized now that the power of forgiveness and the power of, of understanding is it's, it's so beautiful. And when you can accept that in your life, it is, uh, it is just an amazing thing. So now, you know, I was talking to my son the other night, he asked me, and I asked him, I said, I said, what is your, what is the best day of your life? I asked my little boy. And he was talking to me about the first time he hit a home run and, and uh, the first time he threw a touchdown pass. Then he asked me what the best day of my life was. And I go on to tell him the day that, uh, uh, that he was born and my daughter was born. But then I went on to say that I've now been able to accept that the day that I was burned, October 31st, 1987 was the best day of my life. Mm. Because without having gone through that, okay, I would not necessarily have the wife that I have. I would not necessarily have the children that I have. I would not necessarily have the life and experiences and perspective that I have. So when you can embrace your darkest moments as the transitional period in your best days, that's when you really start to change. Now, finally, I said to him, uh, my best other best day in my life was, November the 13th, 1987. That's the day I lost my left hand. And he said, well, why would that be your best day? I said, because there was an infection in my hand. And when you have something dead, that's something wrong in your life, when that is removed, it might be painful. It might be painful, but that, but letting go of it is the, is the step forward to new and ever a new and a better life. And, uh, and so that's that's how I just started. That's that's how I'm I'm trying to heal and 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 and, uh, and I'm starting to believe. Amen. Amen. Well, when you were first in the hospital, they took you to the hospital, and then I understand you know your family was told you had zero chance of recovery, and they were told to start planning your funeral. Like I said in the opening, God had other plans. You made it through that first night, then you made it through the second night. I also read that they had to keep you on in, a, in an induced coma because of a fever infection. Is that right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. At what point did the doctors begin to think, you know, you just might make it? Well, that's a great question. Okay, so so now I was burned on Halloween day, and they said if I live for a day, I would die in three days. But if I live for three days, I would die in three weeks. Mm. And three weeks into the uh, accident, or into the recovery, really. Um, my heart rate was 189 beats a minute for three consecutive days. Mm. Uh, my blood pressure dropped to 49 over 20. Oh, wow. Um, they had a janitor stationed in my room to mop up the blood because I was losing so much blood. Mm. Uh, so the, he was like literally there the whole time. I was in an induced coma and I uh, and I faced sepsis. Okay, which is a terrible infection. Um, the doctor said that there that I was not responding to the antibiotics, and uh, and they basically quit administering me medication. Oh wow! Well, that night, um, my mother and my father and my aunt Betty 
they stayed in my room, even though they weren't administering the medication. And they put ice on my neck because I had 106 degree fever, ice on my wrist and ice on my ankles. And uh, and a and a, a priest by the name of Father Mauro Catella, uh, he was a uh, he came to visit me, and he brought this uh, little Italian lady from the north side of Pittsburgh, and uh, and she brought this oil, and she anointed me, and when she did, she sat at the foot of my bed on her knees, and uh, she prayed for me, and for a very long time, and. At the end, she hugged my mother and told her that the little boy is going to be okay. Without any more medication, the next morning, um, my heart rate stabilized, my blood pressure stabilized, and my fever went away. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't, I never, I never met her. Okay. Other than I was, I was really sick at that time. So mm -hmm. this story and this, this all comes from my parents. Yeah. And, uh, and there was, there was an intersection there where there was faith and then there was medical science. And at the time that medical science could not uh, do anything to help faith persevered. Amen. And, uh, and it's just a testimony to the power of the Holy Spirit. And so um, I'm not sure exactly why my life was saved. Um, I do think now at 47 years old, which I am now, I'll be 48 soon, that my life was really saved for my children's sake, okay? And I think my life was saved for my wife and for maybe someone out there listening to my story today Man. that they have something special to do in their life and they might be uh, struggling. They might be struggling with alcoholism. They might be struggling with drug addiction. They might be struggling with their faith. And I hope that they can hear my voice and understand that no matter how bad it gets, that you can always, you can, you can, you can take another step and, uh, and there, and there's, and there's a good for a good future in store for you. Yeah, and amen. Uh, and, and, and your purpose could share. also be to write this book to leave a legacy even after you're gone, because that book will remain. You know. Well, it's uh, you know, I it's a very special book, and uh, and I I really tell uh the story of my accident and recovery, and I think that uh, I I tell it in in such a manner that no one uh could have ever understood because. You know, I tell about what it was like to actually be on fire mm -hmm. and and the and the feeling of the flames on me. And but I also tell of a feeling of a hand on my shoulder that took away my pain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes it, when we're in a, that dark spot, you know, that pain just has to go away and and we can't do it on our own. And, yeah. you know, and so when you read the story. And you read the and and you read the it's an inspiration because it shows that wow this was this was so painful and so horrible to go through, but there's also uh, in the story of Christ which we all should try to walk in His footsteps. Christ also endured suffering. Yes, He did. Okay, and Christ also endured joy, and even Christ had to feel anger at times when he was in the temple and and 
it's his example that even Christ felt that he didn't want to take on his passion. And he asked, he asked God the Father, he said, if it will be done, would you please take this cup from me? Okay, so he felt anxiety himself. So the idea and the notion of Christ in living in Christ's path, uh, path is not necessarily that we are going to have a life without sorrow or a life right. without pain or a life without anxiety, but we can also have a life with joy and glory if we live and follow his footsteps. And that's a that's a beautiful thing when you think about walking in the footsteps of Christ, which is very, very difficult at times. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, in your book, you explain, you know, how surviving the initial incident was one thing, but that the recovery process was something else. Can you share a little bit of what it was like once you were over the first hurdle of survival and then moving on to the follow on procedures? Look, so so when when you're a burn patient you have to go through what's called uh, an excising uh, of your burn injuries, okay? So essentially, what has to happen is every day, three times a day, they have to take you and your burn injuries get uh, it with a wire brush, okay? Mm. And they have to scrape you and then and then cut the burn skin off of you. And when you have an extensive burn like mine, which was 87% of your body, it was all over. And so... You had to endure that. And I imagine that a lot of people uh, can't survive because the pain was so horrendous that uh, it's like nothing else. You know, it was actually probably worse than being on fire. Um, and then they take you and 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 put you in a, a tub full of betadine, wash you, wrap you, and then you're back to bed again. Uh, that happens three times a day. And that was very difficult to endure. Now, when I was out of the hospital, my first steps, um, you know, my first steps, I'll never forget. I, I, I just wanted to be back on my feet. And, and when I finally was able to stand, I saw a glimpse of my face in the mirror and my head was shaved and I was skinny and, and, and very pale. And I didn't even recognize myself. And I looked at myself in the face and, and tears fell down my eyes. Because I realized in that moment that I was not the same exact person that I went in as, okay? And uh, and having to accept that and recognize that my life has changed, it didn't happen. Because, you know, I read something the other day that said, the truth of the matter is that you've never seen yourself with your own eyes. You know, sure. you've you've only seen a reflection of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact is that when you understand that 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 major change in your life okay it was like uh it was very difficult but i stood up and uh and dr goldfarb who was just an uh, amazing person he uh when it was time for me to leave the hospital he said look he looked at me he said the ball's in your court i'll never forget what he said he goes now we did everything to save you but who you become is up to you at this point. And uh, I said, I'm just going to play football. And that's all I could think about. And football turned out to be uh, my calling card. And so it wasn't necessarily even about getting better. Uh, That wasn't what I was shooting for. I was shooting to get back on the football field. And so when it came to physical therapy, when it came to learning how to walk straight up and stand up and bend my legs 
and reach my hands above my shoulders. That was all just because I needed to get on the football field. And, uh, and the truth is that if I wasn't inspired by my coaches and my friends and, and my neighbors, uh, if I wasn't brought along by the people who cared about me, my brother and my father and, and my mom, if I wasn't loved by them, I would have never been able to accomplish and, and get back on that yeah. field. And it, and it so happens that getting back on that field is what saved my life because now I'm able to, uh, I'm able to do a lot of things. And, uh, and it, and it all came because of, uh, fighting back. Amen. Did you know the Lord during this time of your life? You know, my walk with the Lord has been a, uh, it's been a, a beautiful thing. And the truth is that, um, when I was on my back on my deathbed, even when I was unconscious, I was saying the, our father, the hell Mary and the glory be. I went to Catholic school growing up. I don't know what instilled me to do that at that time, because as a little boy, I, you know, I was, I can't say that I was reverent, you know, but I was, uh, I can say that when I was in that bed at that time, I, I said a lot of prayers. Now, here's the other thing that happened though. When I got out of the hospital, I felt this overwhelming sense of evil on me. Like, like I was bad, like, like this was a penalty for something that I did. And I had to learn and, and go to counseling and, and talk to my mom. And I had to learn to, uh, I'll never forget. I used to, I, I had to learn to say, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Okay. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus, because in doing so, it brought me a healing in my mind that allowed me to accept God's will in my life. So the journey through healing isn't just this beautiful path, okay? Right. The journey through healing sometimes could have setbacks, and you could be doing great one day and then have another day where you're not doing so well. And so I think it's important for people who follow and love Christ to understand, even if you're a pastor, even if you're a priest, even if you're a church, no matter who you are, even if God saved your life, there's going to be days that you feel dark and you have to understand and you have to repent, re rebuke those feelings in yeah. order to let that light in. It's not just this, this, this life full of sunshine and rainbows. It's a it's it's a life where there's continuous growth and continuous prayer so that you will heal can, uh, because that is the state that we are in amen. as human beings. Yeah, amen. Amen. I know in your recovery process there had to be times when you just wanted to give up. And how did your faith get you through those challenging times? Well, that's a great question and the the funny thing is I really didn't have too many times where I wanted to give up. Okay. Praise I, I had, uh, there was, I, I had a smile on my face the whole time, even, you know, it, it's funny because if, if you read uh, the new Testament, God says, my grace is sufficient. Okay. God, my grace is sufficient. So what God did for me is he gave me a spirit of joy, even through all of this. Okay. So even though I felt dark down at times, even though I felt I never wanted to give up. Okay. I just didn't have that seed in me. 
Okay. Um, I wanted to live and I wanted to live for my mom and my dad. You know, I felt sorry that they had to go through and witness what I was enduring. I felt bad for my brother who I love and I felt bad for my friends. I, I always looked at other people and thought, geez, I, I wish they didn't have to see me this way. And um, I put on a, uh, a strong face, you know, and there were times um, where I was angry and there were times when I was sad. But even through those times, I never wanted to quit. I just wanted to keep fighting. And uh, and I'm and I'm really thankful that God blessed me with the endurance uh, and the and the ability because that's that was the gift that He gave me. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Share with us about the day that you finally took the football field for your very first game since the accident. What was that like? Well, you know, the the football field it was an interesting journey for me. Um, number one. My uncle Rick played in the Super Bowl, and my uncle Tony was the director of player scouting for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. So football was in our blood. And uh, and Tigert Stadium was a place that there was a lot of glory uh, in Western Pennsylvania history of football. And I'll never forget when I was named a starter as a senior uh, to have the chance to get introduced and and, and run out under those lights and, uh, and just hearing the uh national anthem play and everyone cheering and being able to glance up at the stands and see my mom and dad and my brother and and the tears that were rolling down their face and and feel the cheers uh or, or the chill that came through my body now now in that game we played against a team named ambridge and i had two quarterback sacks and and uh and i also at the end of the first half I'll never forget, I was playing outside linebacker, and I came out, I lost contain a little bit, and and the, and the tailback uh, broke inside me, and I spun off the blocker, and I was able to chase him down uh, and, and tackle him from behind at the five-yard line as the, uh, as the uh, time ran out of the half and saved that touchdown, and we ended up winning that game. So to, to, to experience that moment of glory – was uh was pretty impressive. Now, I'm not the best. I, I can't say I was the greatest football player. There was lots of better players in the history of Newcastle and, and in my family. But um, I can say that 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 was a really special moment. And uh, and it's one that I'll never forget. Amen. 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 And you went on to have a great college career. I mean, you achieved graduation. Praise God. You have your own business now. You're still involved with football, not only serving as a coach for youth football, but as a certified NFL contract advisor. How often do you get to share your testimony with uh, like other NFL players who may be recovering from their own injuries or surgeries and, and feeling discouraged about their future? Well, that's a great question. And that's something that I think is very important. Um, I, I do, uh, I, I do, I do speak, uh, quite often to people about, about, uh, the overcoming adversity, um, not only NFL players, but I talk yeah. to children. I go to, I visit burn units at times. Um, you know, what happens in your life is you have to make a, a, a transition, and as 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 you have in your life, you went from being in the military to uh, being a police officer, 
uh, to following the path of God. And, and now you're witnessing God through other people and you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're expressing that and you've changed your path. Well, that's what I had to do. That's what we have in common. And that's what people have to do, whether it is growing up from being a child to an adolescent, to an adult, whether it is focusing your attention from your injuries or, or coming out and getting an education and being a husband, uh, whether it's dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder and figuring out yourself in your own mind and then turning that into post-traumatic growth. Okay. Because whether it's you're on the football field and you felt glory as an NFL ball player, and now you're lost without a career. Okay. Whether it is that you became addicted to drugs and alcohol, and now you're coming out of it and trying to figure out what is my next step in life. No matter what it is, you have to find a way to transition. And the only way that you can do that is if you let go of your past, because you understand that your past never doesn't exist anymore. And you accept Christ in your heart and you ask him to hold your hand and help you to take that next step. And and that's the truth. Amen. Yeah. We mentioned, you know, youth football, youth sports, and I can only imagine the inspiration you provide these young folks when they hear your story and telling them to never give up. That's probably better and more meaningful to them than the new Rockney speech out on the field. Right. (laughs) You know, it's uh, it's quite a blessing, I will say. Uh, the funny thing is, I don't talk about my story too much, okay, with the, with the kids that I coach until it's necessary, okay, yeah. until yeah. it's necessary. So they uh, they'll see my hand. Uh, some kids, especially at young young ages, six, seven, eight years old, they'll come up and they'll grab my hand. They'll say, "Hey, what happened to you?" And I tell them I was burned and this and that, but. I try to coach and I let them know that I'm a coach the same way any other coach is a coach. Okay. And I talk to them about the best they being the best they can be. And there are times uh, where it will be a halftime we're losing or the middle of a game when everybody's down where I'll pull them together and I'll tell them about that time that I almost died. And I'll tell them about what it took in my heart to uh, stand up and rise up. And I'll let them know that they have that in their heart as well. And um, and it's always good to see their faces and them light up yeah. in the shine. But, Amen. you know, the truth of the matter is sports is a lot about winning, but it's not all about winning. And right. some of our greatest lessons come from our losses. And yeah. so, you know, there's also those times when these kids are didn't have their best day. And I just, and I, and I tell them, look, it's okay. It's fine. You're going to have a brighter day tomorrow, you know, and, and, uh, and we fight through it that way too. Yeah. Yeah, I remember my high school coach, he'd tell us, you know, you can't know how to be a winner until you know how to lose a game because you're going to lose. There's going and and he'd tell us there'll be times in life where everything goes against you and you're going to, think i'm a loser well now you have an opportunity to become a winner once you can face that situation and overcome it suddenly okay 
that didn't work. Let's try this. <laughs> that's it. Hey, <laughs> you know, look, that that's part of life. And I yeah. think that it's an important thing that, that people understand. And, you know, we live in this world where there's a lot, there's a facade, okay, where where people think that success is just a, a straight line up. And oh, people yeah. believe that, you know, if you're living a, if you're living a happy life, you're, and they see you on social media, that, that everything is just perfect in your life. Well, that's not true for anybody. Okay. That's right. It, that's it's right. not true for anybody. Amen. And so we have to realize that failure is part of life. Yeah. That is part of it. Okay. And we, if we don't accept our own faults and our own failings, okay, then we could never step up to that next level that we're supposed to be at in life. Now, that doesn't mean that it's okay to stay in failure. When you recognize that you're failing, when you recognize that you did wrong, when you recognize that you did committed a sin, that's when you repent and you try to change that behavior. And then you're going to go on and move on. But guess what's going to happen? You're going to fall again. Okay, and you're going to fail again, maybe not in the same way, but in a new way. And, and that is the beautiful part of life. It, when you realize that and you can go down that path and you could follow through in it, that's when you start living. That's when you start. That's when life gets good. Amen. Amen. That is so true. And, you know, just the, you know, as you're talking about not giving up and, and all that, I remember when I was at the police academy and there was a, eight foot wall, just a straight wall that we had to build and negotiate. You know, there was a rope hanging over it, but I couldn't get the hang of that to save my life. You know, no matter what I tried, I'd end up upside down or whatever, you know, and it just couldn't work. And the academy was six months long and about the fourth month, you know, every time I'd hit that wall, I'd try something different. You know, trying to get it. Trying to, I'd watch people go over it. Okay, look, and it wouldn't work, wouldn't work. And about the fourth month in, I ran up, jumped up, grabbed a rope, and tried putting my foot in a different spot, and that gave me a little different leverage. Next thing I know, I'm over it. You know, it, it took me probably two minutes to get over it, but I knew the path now. You yeah. Know, I knew what I had to do. So every time we go back, I kept cutting that time until finally I cleared that thing in about five, six seconds. There you go. And I look back to, you know, six months prior to that, and that wall was an impossible feat in my life. There you go. But, you know, it it relates back to my military days when, you know, (laughs) we used to say we practice being wet, cold, and miserable, and we're experts at it. (laughs) Right. And, uh, you know, the the adage was that which does not kill me only makes me stronger. And, you know, and Amen. that is a, that was the mindset, you know, I've had my entire life and I wouldn't let that wall defeat me. And you didn't let your injury defeat you, you know, despite what people said, here you are, <laughs> praise God, you know, and your book is definitely going to serve as a source of hope for those who may be enduring their own challenges in life. And right now your book's on pre-order at the time of this recording. When do you anticipate it being released? It'll be released on September the 26th. Crazy. And uh, yeah, it's coming. It's uh, yeah. it'll be released September the 26th. And I really think that it's a book that uh, everyone needs to read. And, Amen. you know, the you wouldn't realize this, but it took me almost two years to write. 
And the amount of tears that I shed in writing and reliving this, I did this for you. I did this for the list, your listeners. Yep. I did this for people so that, so that you, I opened up my heart in a way that it's uh, I didn't even think was possible. And when I tell, when you read this story and you read the, the, the first time that I went back to uh, ocean city, Maryland, and, and I swam at the beach with my mom and, and, and she made me sing, uh, at the age of 12 or 13, I was actually 12 still, uh, the greatest love of all, um, in, in one of those booths on the, uh, on the boardwalk. And I could, my voice was cracking and I was singing the greatest love of all. And, and the words, learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. You know, when, when you realize and you read that story, and it and you understand that this isn't just about the tragedy and the pain, but it's about falling back in love with yourself. Yeah. And it's amen. about about you know pushing yourself to be your best. And my dad coming to my house and getting on the patio and and saying, Hey, you need to do push-ups, and him getting down and doing one-handed push-ups and showing me what he could do and inspiring me. And and my brother Gigi putting his arm around me and 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 even though he may not have even thought it was possible telling me all the good things that I could do in my life and I could get on the ball field and, you know, all the people who inspired me see my healing isn't about me. It's about all these people. And see what, what I want people to understand is even if it takes a, it, it, there's an old saying that it, it, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it takes a village to, we are part of that village. We are there for other people. Exactly. And when in, you need to be going out and inspiring and telling testimony and giving people faith of what they can do, even if you're not the one who needs healing right now, you need to be going out and giving that love to others. And, and that's what I'm really hoping uh, I convey in my story. Amen. And I'm really hoping that people read that and, and, and grasp that and uh, not only heal, but they also bring healing to others amen so true so true so at the time that people are listening to this episode right now this book is already released all i have to do is click the notes down in the show notes now you're also a motivational speaker and i'm sure your story is an inspiration to your audiences and i know that there has to be an event planner out there listening to us right now <laughs> what type of events would you be interested in speaking at look uh truth be told i'm willing to speak because I'm willing to open up my heart and I love to speak at churches. I love to speak at schools. I love to speak at business and, and corporate events. Um, I just, I have several different topics that I've done. Uh, one that I've done quite a bit for, for youth is, uh, is split second uh, decision-making. Uh, I've also, look, I, I'm a pretty skilled uh, business guy. I'm a CPA investment advisor. And uh, I, I talk to businesses about I, I equate in my book the the five steps to five stages of grief. And I write that and parallel it to uh, how you start a business. OK, Amen. because and, and so I believe that that if you can take your uh, your 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 problem, OK, which could be that you want to start a business, it, you want to move on from a, a a regular job to being a business owner, or you want to take your business up to the next level. 
you define what your situation is and you follow this five-step process, okay, Amen. of planning and, and persevering and not being in denial and working through it and accepting. And if you can follow that, you can uh, you could really make great things happen, not only as a team, yeah. as a person, but as a team. So yeah. in speaking, yeah, I, uh, I I do a wide variety of events. And um, and I think that that when you get me in front of the audience, that that uh, that some special things happen. It's like yeah. uh, the Holy Spirit talks through me and, and I'm just uh, I'm real proud of it. Amen. Amen. Anthony, this has been so interesting and it's important to note that your experience is truly a testimony to the fact that it ain't over till God says it's over, no matter what others may be saying. It's still God that's still in control. Your story, your testimony is a real life example of that. When that when the devil takes his best shot, God always has the final say. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If someone wanted to get in touch with you and ask a question or maybe invite you to come speak in an event or maybe do an interview like this, how can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you? Well, you could uh, visit my website, uh, www.anthonyrosano.com, and uh, and you'll see my contact information right there. And and right. uh, it'd be great to talk to you, great to connect, and I'll, uh, I always welcome these types of conversations. And hey, listen, I just want to thank you, Pastor Robert. You're a good man. I want to thank you. I, I have so that. much gratitude for you having me on this show. Amen. And I, I just want you to know how much I pre- appreciate you. And uh, and your listeners, Amen. God bless Amen. you all. Amen. And your book, Against All Odds: A Story of Faith, Courage, and Perseverance. They'll be able to purchase that on Amazon. Is that right? You could purchase it on Amazon. You could purchase it on my website. You could purchase Amen. it on Barnes and Nobles. Okay. Uh, it's available. Amen. I'll put links to all this in the show notes below, folks. Anthony Rosano's testimony should be an inspiration to each and every person listening to the sound of our voices today. Imagine. Being told you're not going to live through the night, but you do. So you're told you won't make it through the next night and the next. All of that negativity, all of the pain, be given last rites on three separate occasions. Think about what that'd be like for a 12-year-old boy. All I have to say is, but God. Amen. Drop down the show notes right now. Order your own copy of a truly remarkable book, Against All Odds, A Story of Faith, Courage, and Perseverance. This is one book that will inspire you to defeat the odds, defeat the devil, regardless of what your present circumstances are. And be sure to reach out to Anthony Rosano. Invite him to your church, your event, whatever. This is one speaker that will resonate with every single member of your audience. Amen. Drop down the show notes. Click the link right there. Do it right now. Don't let the devil talk you out of your blessing. The devil tried to take Anthony out of the game for the exact reason he's here today, to inspire you not to give up. So don't let the devil win. Get in touch with Anthony. Allow Anthony to inspire you, your audience, no matter what's happening in your life right now. Anthony, thank you again for coming on the program today, brother. I do appreciate it so much. Thank you. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Anthony Rosano and myself, it's Pastor Bob reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. You have been listening to the Faith-Based Business Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. We appreciate you as a listener and fellow believer and want to encourage you in your entrepreneurial efforts. These programs are designed to provide you with information that you can use in your business to achieve success faster and avoid the obstacles that try to impede your success. 
All information on this podcast is for entertainment and information use only. Some of the products and services listed in the links may contain affiliate links and Pastor Bob will earn a small commission when you click those links at no additional cost to you. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll be notified when our next episode is published. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.